Welcome to the Healthful Woman Podcast. Today is Monday, May 10th, 2021. I'm joined today by Stephanie Melka and Adina Platt-Chilag to talk about running. As you may know from some of our prior podcasts, both Melka and I are amateur, in my case, very amateur, runners. Adina is a running coach in New Jersey and a friend of mine. So we thought it'd be great to get the opinion of a pro as we talk about running. This was our first attempt at having three people on the podcast at the same time, and I'm proud to report none of us tweaked a hamstring or Achilles during the recording. On Thursday, on Hira's Birth Stories, I'm going to be joined by a very special guest, Simi Hersko. You may recall that Simi was a guest on the Healthful Woman podcast we did about the organization A-Time. On Thursday, she's going to tell her own birth story, which is very powerful. So stay tuned for that. For now, enjoy our podcast on running. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Welcome to today's episode of Healthful Woman, a podcast designed to explore topics in women's health at all stages of life. I'm your host, Dr. Nathan Fox, an OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine specialist practicing in New York City. At Healthful Woman, I speak with leaders in the field to help you learn more about women's health, pregnancy, and wellness. All right, so I'm here with Stephanie Melka, who is, of course, a frequent flyer in the podcast. Hi, Melka. Welcome back. Hi. And we have our guest today, Adina Platt-Chileg, who is uh, a friend. She's a runner. She's a uh, mentor and instructor at JumaFit, personal trainer. How you doing? Adina, welcome to our podcast. I am good. Thank you for having me. Very happy to be here. This is wonderful. I was saying this is our first time having three people on a podcast. (laughs) We're in different locations. You're across the country. Melka's across the desk. This is this is wild technological marvel that we're pulling off here, especially for me. Love it. <laughs> Excellent. How's California? It is gorgeous. It's sunny. I mean, can't complain. I might not come back. I'm just putting that out there. Might just might just stay here. As you know, but our listeners don't know, you are already a part of the MFM family because number one, you are MFM royalty, being the daughter of <laughs> Sir Larry Platt, <laughs> MFM to the stars in Los Angeles, California, and a wonderful person and a personal friend. And he is your dad. So strong that work. That is my pops. Yes, that is him. And of course, you're a runner and your brother and sister-in-law delivered with our practice. And your brother's like one of the fastest Jews alive, which is unbelievable. So what was his marathon time? Like a it's like something in the twos, right? Keep in mind, he doesn't train for these things. He literally just goes and he, I think he's his fastest was a 247, but that's untrained. That's just, let's wake up and run a marathon and go. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not normal. Thank you for coming on the podcast. And we're going to talk about running today. Melka, also, you're a big runner. Yes. <laughs> and uh marathoner. And we're going to go through all of our little stories uh, about our own running journeys and then maybe talk a little bit about you know, advice for people who are either considering running or are already running and thinking about maybe improving or increasing their distance uh, or whatnot. And obviously looking forward to hearing your tips as well, Adina. Oh, perfect. So let's start with you because you're our guest. Tell us, how did you get into running uh, in general? I actually started in high school. We ran and I ran track in high school and we had cross country meets and that's when I started running. I have to say I was majorly influenced by my brother. So we've mentioned him. His name is Ari. He is, he's not normal. I mean, there's no other way to put it. He is just like, I always said if he quit his job and literally trained, he'd probably make the Olympics. So he definitely inspired me. And then I trained for my first marathon and then I was hooked. And then once you start running and you kind of take it a little bit more seriously and then you start putting times in and training and it's, it's fun. It just, it, to me, it's, it's not a game. It's just, it's a constant source of trying to better yourself. And and I love it. When did you get into training people with either just 
overall fitness or running? I've been training people for about, I would say 15 or 16 years. I mean, I've always worked out. I've worked out every single day since I was in high school. It's been part of my life. It's part of who I am. It's just, it's part of me. I did go to school for fashion and art and I went to FIT after I graduated from Stern and just fitness was just something that I love. So I just kind of, after I had my first daughter, I just decided to teach and then teaching led to getting certified as a trainer. And then one thing led to another and I do group stuff and high school stuff. So it kind of just evolved. Where did you grow up? I grew up in LA, born and raised in LA, went to school in New York and then got stuck. I I just, I've been, I've been in Jersey now for Jersey about 16 years and East coast. I was there about 20 years. Yeah. I never, never thought I would still be here. Adina and I technically live in the same town in Englewood, but Adina's all the way on the southern end, and I'm literally <laughs> all the way in the northern end. So we're probably like two and a half miles from each other, even though we're in the same little little town. Go figure. Uh, so we're Mel- distant neighbors. We're distant neighbors. We're, it's a wonderful thing. All right, Melka, what's your, what's your tale of running? Also started running in high school. So that's why I'm asking Adina, because we may have crossed paths in high school one day, but apparently not, and then kept running in college. And I was always the, oh, there's a longer distance. I should try that. And in high school, I would tell my coach, I want to run the 3K. Let me try it. And then in college, I was like, oh, there's a 5K indoors, 25 laps or whatever. Sure, let me try it. And then it was, let me run the 10K. And then after college, in med school, I realized pretty early on that running was like my outlet. And for a while, like I would go to class and leave and study and just sort of like didn't run for a bit. And I was like, okay, I need to get back into it and ran. And then same thing. It was just sort of like, oh, there are marathons out there. I should do one of those. Yeah. And then you've done a bunch. 11. 11. And you did, what was it? Three and three and five weeks at one point during your, during your total insane stage. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And you've done some pretty weird ones also. My fourth marathon, I qualified for Boston and then strained my hamstring while training and never really rehabbed it correctly. And that kind of set me back a bit. So I sort of shifted from running for time to sort of running for fun and have stayed connected with like people I run with over the years and will sometimes like pick a random place to go to run a marathon. I mean, one year it was all my friends from Brooklyn that were like, we're going to go to Cincinnati and run the Flying Pig Marathon. And I was like, okay. Flying pigs? I'm in. And then the year after that, my friend Julie from college said, oh, our friend Adam is out in Salt Lake City finishing his pain fellowship. I'm going to go out and visit him. Oh, and the Salt Lake City Marathon is that weekend. Do you want to come out and run it? And I was like, sure. (laughs) That sounds cool. Yeah, I guess I'm a late bloomer compared to you guys. When I was in high school, I certainly wasn't running. If anything, I was waddling um, at a very slow pace. I never jogged or ran a day in my life probably till medical school. My father is a big runner. He's been running for, I mean, he's 78 and he still runs seven nice. hours a day, but I never did it. And then in med- medical school, I started because we lived in the city, run in the park. And then I really didn't pick up until 10 years ago when I trained for my first marathon. And since then, I've been running pretty consistently. Me and my, you know, my idiot friends in Englewood <laughs> that uh, Adina knows. Meanwhile, your your wife started running too. You're right. So Michal started running, I guess the same time I did about 10 years ago. And she also, we both did the 2011 New York City Marathon. And since then, she's been in and out of running. And now she's back in it, actually going to Dina's class, like one of these treadmill 
What, how do you explain the class you're doing, studio running? It's like it's sort of like Peloton for runners, I guess is how an idiot like me would understand it. <laughs> Better because there's no screens, no numbers. Yes, I'm going to put it out there. There's no it's not you against somebody else. It's you against you. There's no numbers. There's no screens. It's really you're a race between you and yourself. And if you feel like you can go all out one day, great. And if not, you say just go with it as long as you come and you show up, you know, just do what you can do. It's a room with a bunch of treadmills in a circular kind of configuration and every single time you come it's a different class we everybody who teaches there is a runner so it's not just a fitness class it's it's a running class built by athletes built by runners so you're going to have hills someday speed work someday more endurance training someday so it kind of keeps you balanced and keeps your muscles guessing it's it's really it's really awesome i'm curious what what do you guys love about running like why running you both did it since high school you're both you know, I've been doing it for many years. What is it? For me, it's my alone time. I shut off. I shut my phone off, which is my favorite part and just go. It's just my own time, my thoughts. Sometimes I run with music. Sometimes I don't run with music. You know, once you get going and the endorphins get go flowing and it's just for me, it's my, my time for myself. That's how I think about it. What about you, Malka? For me, it's the the exercise, like the sort of outlet. But over the years, it's almost been the opposite for me. It's been the camaraderie and the friendships that I've developed and like the coaching that I've been able to do and like helping people run marathons that thought they never would before. Wow. You make me seem real selfish here, don't you? <laughs> no, but I'm listening to it. <laughs> no, but I think everyone's had their experience. I mean, running really is, I mean, it, it's a little hokey, but it really is a community. People who run love hanging out with people who run. They talk about you know, what they've run, where they run, what they like, what speed they do, where they've been, what kind of terrain they do. People love running together because usually when people are running, you're able to talk. Uh, sometimes if mm -hmm. you're really pushing it, like doing speed, you can't. But on a typical jog, it can be very social. I mean, all my long runs in my life I've done with other people. I've never really done them alone. And there is that possibility as well. So you have your solitude like Adina is mentioning, or you can have sort of that camaraderie, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I seem to be an anti-social runner. I legit think I'm an anti-social runner. I love coaching people and I love helping them, but I feel like when it comes to my running, aside from my brother, I just like running by myself. I don't know, maybe I am the loner when it comes to running. <laughs> That's what's so good about it. You don't need anyone else. No, and my favorite thing to do is when you're running and you see another runner, I love to wave because it's kind of like a... You know, you give that nod, you give that wave. We both know we're in the same boat. We're doing the same things. We're both hustling. That's my favorite. I love like just, you know, either a peace sign or a wave to anybody that's running. It's like a secret language amongst runners. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's very unusual to pass a runner who doesn't give you a wave or a nod or a, a something like that. Absolutely. Less so in New York City. <laughs> you get pepper sprayed. Yeah. I used to run in Brooklyn and like you, you didn't get much. <laughs> and then what's well, that sometimes it's when it's inundated. If you're running in the park and there's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people running, you can't you're not going to, to every single person. But in a neighborhood, we're going to pass a handful of people. It's usually um, it's usually like that. One of the other things which is really interesting is when people are trying to figure out what they're going to do for fitness. For me, one of the things I always loved is, you know, I'm busy. I'm a med school resident, you know, like busy in life. You're, you're, you're way, you're this. You don't need anything. You just, all you need is literally a pair of shoes and you can go. You, you can take them where you travel. You can, it doesn't really make a difference. You don't need equipment. You don't need a gym. You don't need a place to just run. And unless the weather is horrific, you could pretty much run in any mm -hmm. conditions. It's just based on exactly how fast you go or what you wear and uh, and whatnot. Yeah. One of the questions I get, guess, I get asked all the time, how, how do I start running? And it's put on sneakers and go outside. Like there's really nothing to it. Just move, run, walk, move, walk, whatever you got to do. There's really no secret. Just move. When people ask you that question, you say that 
do you ever take it to the next step and say, okay, let's design a plan for you to start yes. running? Yes. So I always start them off either with a walk or a run walk. I, I'll give them something because a lot of people need a plan. They need a, they need a something to hold on to, something to move towards. So I will give them a run walk plan. Malka, what about you? I mean, do you ever have real beginners or just people who want to like bump it up to a marathon? When I was with team and training years ago, we would get people that were beginners that had never done anything and got into the program and were like, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do a marathon, like kind of go big or go home. Mm -hmm. Or people that were like, you know, maybe casual runners, like three, four miles tops and then, you know, going from there to marathon. And how would you start them? So someone's basically not a runner. They've never done it. Or obviously everyone's run at some point mm -hmm. in their life, but they never really did it regularly for exercise. What would you advise them when they're starting? I think it's the same thing Adina said. You know, the run walk, I think, is so big in starting out. Mm -hmm. You know, you could have somebody that can run two miles. And if they do a run walk, they could easily do three or four. So it's a good way to start getting more time on your feet, more time outside, build up endurance. Okay. Is there, is there anything else, Adina, you advise them in terms of run walk meaning how in terms of distance in terms of time in terms of speed in terms of what kind of shoes to get is there anything else you go over with them when they're first starting i do it just based on time just you know see you want to make your walks a little bit longer than your runs even if i break it down to see if you can run from the real basic one minute run and then walk for four minutes i keep it kind of at a five minute interval or whatever it is and then hopefully you can start pushing the run to longer and the walk to slower i think people just think that Running is going to happen overnight. But like anything, it takes time. It takes practice. you got to build your endurance. So, you know, they got to start easy and just take it slowly. That's the biggest mistake that people just want to go and they want to go hard and they want to go fast. But it takes time. It definitely takes time to build it up. Yeah, I found the same thing when people ask me about starting to run. I, I do it a little bit differently. Again, I'm not a, a coach or a trainer, but just sort of what worked for me. But conceptually, it's the same thing. I would say if you're finding it hard, just continue to slow down. Right. At a certain point, you may find that you're only doing a speed walk, but most people can do a very, very slow jog if they're disciplined. Right. People feel like they have to sprint or they have to really push it. And then they're completely winded after four or five minutes because they've never done it before. But if they go to a really, really slow pace, they say, wow, I could do that for a half hour. And then they can maybe make it 40 minutes. And then once they sort of feel comfortable, they can maybe increase the speed either continuously or periodically. But like you said, it just it just takes time and you have to get your legs used to it, your feet used to it, obviously your endurance used to it. People are like athletes already. The endurance won't be the issue, uh, but people aren't doing a ton of exercise. That'll be a big issue also. Right. And they need to build their confidence and see a little bit. Of, as soon as they see a little bit of progression, then it gets them excited to kind of keep on moving. But you know what I always say? Patience and progression and you will get there. It'll happen. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also people who never ran can start and run a marathon. And it really is if, if you can run three miles, you can run six. Yes. And if you can run six, you can run 13. And if you can run 13, you can run a marathon. It's just about training. But absolutely, someone who can run six miles and like get through it can for sure train to run 13 and, and you can keep moving up. And so it's just about investing the time. And typically, you know, you're talking from not running to running a marathon. It could be like six months of training. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's a real investment, but it's doable. Yeah. And then what about advice for people? when they're starting to run to not get hurt? Because people usually worry, oh, my knees, my ankles, my hips. How do you how do you help them with that? So I think personally, the biggest thing people say is, oh, I don't want to ruin my knees. I don't want to ruin my hips. Running is the worst for you. <laughs> I'm like, Actually, that's, that's all I hear is bad knees. It's going to hurt your knees. So, you know, I, 
And I'm like, it's such a big misconception. I think just like everything else, it's balance. I think somebody who I, my personality is go hard or go home. That's how I've always been. But as I get older and the more I train, I realize is you need recovery. If you're not recovering, you're not going to get stronger. You're not going to get faster. So I think the key to not getting injured, honestly, is making sure that you recover. You don't push your body. And also you have to strength train. Even as runners, you know, you think, oh, I'm just going to run. But you need to strength train all of the muscles around your knees and your hips, your quads, your glutes, and to make sure your core is activated. So there's a lot of different components that need to kind of be working in order for you not to get injured. And that's something that I've been learning along the way. I've had many injuries. I've had IT band on my right, IT band on my left, plantar fasciitis, you name it, I've had it. And I think it's a process. You really learn that I really think it's recovery and it's, it's you know, doing your strength work and just being smart, just being a smart runner. And then that should leave you injury free. Melka, what kind of strength training or cross training did you do when you were running? A lot of just like out in the park, like squats, lunges. You know, we had a woman, Jasmine, that started like a fitness company and she'd come out every once in a while and would just like coach us through like 45 minutes of calisthenics, all body weight. Again, nothing fancy. And it was great because you could just be in the park and do it. You know, a lot of people hear strength training and are like, oh, I have to join a gym. I have to lift weights. And that's not the case. I never enjoyed those types of things. And so I would focus more on swimming or yoga, where it's the same concept where you're working other parts of your body, you're strengthening them, you're stretching them, you're sort of, you know, working on your core. Uh, and also I found them more enjoyable. And I think that that's an important aspect. And it, it may be why triathlons are popular for people because it's not a ton of running or a ton of biking or a ton of swimming. You get to sort of, I mean, unless you do an Ironman, of course, but then it, it balances them. So you're never running seven days a week and you're never biking seven days a week. Uh, Adina, have you done triathlons? I don't, I don't think I know. So I actually have not during, you know, during one of my injuries, I always think that there's a, a, a lesson to learn every time you're injured. It's a little blessing in disguise. So I was recently, you know, I trained for a little side note. I uh, qualified for Boston. I trained for Boston. And then because of the pandemic, it got pushed off. So I kind of kept that high volume uh, through the pandemic was running an insane amount of miles. And then I eventually did the, um, the virtual, but I think because I was overrunning, I got a little injured. So I found my way into the pool. So I have been swimming for the past seven months. I swim weekly. I go super early in the morning and I love it. I just think it's amazing on the body and I love it. And then I'm like, you know what? That's on my to-do list. I have never done one, but I, I would love to do <laughs> Nice. <one. laughs> oh, there's so much do, fun. Do you bike at all? I used to actually ride in high school. Like I used to wake up in the morning and ride. I haven't, the, you know, I'll, I'll, okay, I want a Peloton now and then, but I don't really bike. So I think that might be, that might be one component I got to relearn how to do, but I'll do it. <laughs> there are swim runs you can do. That don't have biking because I I've been I've been suggested to do one of them because I I oh, don't like biking but I love I swimming or running. That. There you go. Or you can Wait, you can the hop three in. of us yeah. will do the Ironman relay. We can figure out between the three of us who well, does what. I'll well, get no, on the bike. Well, you're biking. <laughs> I'll get on the bike. You don't want me swimming. Fine, I mean, I'll swim. <laughs> All right, done. I'm gonna swim. Melka's gonna bike. I have those you're gonna old run. People that pass me. Oh no, that's perfect. Good because yeah, of the of the three, swimming is probably <laughs> the best one for me. All right, done. Again, that's a really important part that it's. People, even when you're training for a marathon, all good marathon training programs and all good coaches are going to tell people, even if you're increasing your miles, even when you're running six days a week or five days a week or whatever it is, you have to mix in some form of cross training to, you know, work other parts of your body and rest your legs that day, mm -hmm. you know, something of that sort. I think that's a really important part um, as well. Yeah. I make sure people know that the easy days, the off days, the rest days are there for a reason. Um, and that there's no one workout that makes or breaks everything. So you'll have somebody that like 
has to go all out when they do their tempo run or their intervals or whatever it is. And it's not that every single week has to be better or faster or longer than the week before. You know, it's a, it's a long process. Yeah. I mean, most of marathon training I found is just trying to find a way to get your body to do something that your body miles. Desperate, desperately does <laughs> not want to do. And essentially, it's how many miles you're going to run. I mean, ultimately, if you're going to run, if you're comfortable running 50 or 60 miles a week, you're going to have a much easier time in the marathon than if you've never run more than 40 miles a week, even if one of them is 20 miles. It's just your body's not used to that type of, of abuse. In order to run 50 or 60 miles a week, you've got to mix it up. Some days are faster, some days are slower, some days are longer, some days are shorter. Uh, Adina, do you, how many marathons have you done? I actually haven't done so many fulls. I think I've done four or five fulls and I've done a bunch of halves and, you know, 5Ks and all that stuff. Right. For your fulls, did you pick a particular training program? Did you make one yourself? Have you done different ones? So the first one, I just kind of went out and I was like, can I run 26 too? And then, you know, as the nice. marathons, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, this is, I can do this. And then then I was like, oh, wait a second. There's something, you know, then you just kind of learn like, oh, I ran another one. Oh, wait, I can qualify for Boston. Oh, let's go find a race that qualifies me for Boston. Let's work on my time. So now I actually, I have a coach that I work with. I'm a big believer that everybody needs somebody. Even if you're in the field, it's about accountability. It's about making sure I'm not injured. So he just kind of spaces my mileage out for me. I mean, I do it as well. So I train year round. You know, obviously I, some are higher mileage and lower mileage, but right now I work, I'm trying to work on, you know, speed and, and getting a PR and, and all that stuff. And when I first started, it was just about finishing, you know, the first few marathons is like, oh my gosh, I did a marathon. And then you kind of realize, oh wait, you can get faster. You can get quicker. You can, you know, it's, a, to me, it's a game. It's, it's a fun game. <laughs> the game of life with Adina. <laughs> Who runs, <laughs> run, runs, runs a lot, but runs alone. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but that that's good. And what what about people who tell you, you know, they've tried running and they, they keep trying, but it's too hard. They just, they just said, it's just too hard for me, the running. Do you, are there people like that? Or you just, you know, you just sort of beat them down slowly until that's not No, a hundred percent. I think I always tell everybody in my class, my clients, I think running is 90% mental, 10% physical. I think if your head's not in it and you don't think you can do it, you won't be able to. You know, if you train your body, well, you can train for anything you put your mind to. But if your mind is not there and you are negative and you don't think you can do it and you just want to give up, then you're not, you have to change your mindset. You really have to believe in yourself. And, you know, these are things that I say in my classes a lot. You need to be your biggest cheerleader. If you don't think you can do it, then you will not do it. So I do have people come in there and then they'll take a class or two or we'll go for a run. And then they'll be like, wait a second, I just did that. And you kind of have to give them a little bit of self-confidence and then it always changes. It always turns. So for me, it's mindset. It's all mindset and just being positive. How do you get people to change their mindset? What kind of strategies you use? You know, you got to start slow. You have to show them that they can do some things. If you give them a small task and, you know, someone will come to class and say, I, I, I don't run. I'm not a runner. So you don't force them. Okay, you don't have to run. But then once the music is going and the environment is right, then they start to run. And then they're like, whoa, I just ran. And you just need that little bit of, I wouldn't say hope, but that, that little spark. And once that spark comes alive, then it kind of just ignites everything else. And it really gives them that confidence to keep on going. And then every time they come to class or every time they go outside, they realize, wow, I progressed a little bit. I can do five minutes more. I can run a quarter mile more. And that just gets everything going. And and I would say nine out of 10 people who come in and who say, we can't run, as long as they change their mindset and start believing in themselves, then they can do whatever they put their mind to. What about you, Malka? How would you motivate people? I mean, you you had all these tricks. <laughs> we go out for burger and beers after yeah. the run. <laughs> if you don't finish it, you don't go. <laughs> yeah, burger, beers, cow, cowbells, air horns, whatever you need, right? 
you know, if I'm running with people and they'll be like, oh, my God, it's so far. I'll be like, stop thinking about how far it is. Just right. one foot in front of the other. And, you know, when we're in Prospect Park, I'll be like, just run, run to the next light post and then we'll walk. Right. You hit it and then you'll walk and then you'll say, okay, now at the next one, we're going to run and like breaking it down. Yeah. Tell bad stories, distract people. Yeah. I think also a lot of it is, you know, running when not in pain, like not injured is a really big thing. A lot of people when they're, when it hurts when they're running and instead of backing off, they're pushing forward sometimes. And that's really, it's hard to get motivated when you're in searing pain. And so that's not a good idea. And I think also sometimes people, they don't give themselves enough latitude in their speed. They feel like if I can't push at a certain pace, I'm a failure. And say like, all right, if you don't have it today, just slow down. So instead of running, you know, in this time, you'll run the distance you planned and it'll take you an extra five to 10 minutes. And that's really valuable also, especially again, if it keeps you out of pain and you're able to finish it. And it's, you know, people have to have some flexibility because you don't know what your body's going to feel like on a certain day or what the conditions are like or whatever it is. Everyone who's run knows that some days you feel great and some days you feel mm -hmm. less great. And some of that is random. It could be how you slept the night before. It could be anything. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's the opposite. I'll have people come out to run and they'll be like, oh, I didn't sleep last night or I was on call and this and that. It's going to be an easy day. And then you get into it and it's like your muscle memory takes over. You feel good and you end up doing better than you thought you would have. Right. What about like a equipment. Do you recommend people get certain kinds of shoes or gear or you know certain types of shorts or shirts or hats or whatever? Are you into anything in particular? I mean, I am a techie. I love all that stuff, but I think less is more. I really, you know, I love a great new Nike shoe with all that stuff, but I've come to realize that the fancier the shoe is, literally the dumber your foot gets. Like if you have a shoe that has, you know, I happen to love the Nike shoes that have the carbon plates in them, but then you're not really utilizing your feet and your toes. And I think that's really important about running. The only things I love, I mean, I, like I said, I love a good shoe, but I love my watch. I'm one of those people who I love my garment. I love my watch, helps me pace, helps me know my life, mileage, but keep it simple. Just, you know, keep it simple. There's so much gear out there now. I'm laughing because you're saying you don't need anything. Yeah. I'll usually tell people it's worth going to a running store to get fitted. You know, like there's good for a shoe for a shoe. Yeah. Yes. Or they'll put you on a treadmill. You run outside and they see what your foot looks like. They can help you figure it out. And then from there, it just like explodes. There's different kinds of shorts. Do you get like the spandex shorts, the fitted shorts? They make the running skirts that go over the shorts. You know, there's all the food that you eat, the gels, the blocks. Right. And then the recovery stuff. You know, there's the foam roller which mm. you know I love. I have yeah. one in the office, you know, the trigger point ball. They make like the Theragun massagers now. Right. As you can imagine, I have none of that. I, <laughs> Do yeah, you even I, know yeah. what any of this is? I am a firm believer that everyone has to find the right shoe for mm -hmm. them. I mean, and, and it's different. You know, I, I know my foot and I know what kind of shoes are comfortable for me and what shoes are uncomfortable for me. And that's it. Like mm -hmm. because after time, you realize this brand doesn't work. This brand does work. And you know, if you have a flat foot versus a, you know, an arch foot, do your toes bend back well? Do they not? You have, you know, there's all these different types of things that go into it. And the running stores can help you. Some of it's a guess, obviously, but then it's trial and error. If you're running and like this shoe doesn't work, you try another one. And I agree. It's not, it's not how expensive the shoe is. I mean, I've, my $60 shoes are the most comfortable for me and I've run in more expensive shoes and I've not found the better. Some people are like the minimalist where they like the very little, you know, padding in the shoe and it makes their foot strong and they believe in it. Some people run barefoot and, you know, they got the whole scene, but I think shoes are key. I personally never run with a watch. I won't do it. I hate it. 
it's so interesting. I just I can't run with it because I feel constrained. And one of my great skills is I'm I have a very good internal pacing clock. Like I could be running and say this is the pace we're running, and I'm within five seconds pretty much every time. It's it's one of my it's one of my strengths. Me too. Yeah, I'm, I'm as, not as a great runner. But I'm not a great runner, <laughs> but I'm a great clock. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna run alone with my watch. <laughs> or you can run with me and I'll just pace you. I'll tell you, I'll say you're running much faster than me. But back to the shoes. Another thing is if you go to these running stores, the great thing about the running stores is you can try them out. If you don't like it, they literally will take them back for you. Yeah. So it's not like you buy a pair of shoes and oh my God, you know, if you want to take a Mizuno and you realize the Mizunos don't work and you want to switch to Brooks, they'll, they will take it back. Yeah. They're really good about that. Cause yeah. And they also know that once they've got you, they've got you, you'll keep coming back to them. It's, it's a, it's a smart move on their part to have a happy customer who has a shoe that, that fits with them. Cause if you're running a lot, you're going to replace your shoes every four to six months. I mean, it sort of depends what your miles are, but you're going to replace them and you're going to come back to them. And you know, they've got you as a customer, which is good. I mean, they, they do a good service by, you know, watching you run and giving you advice and allowing you to trade the shoes back. Whereas if you just sort of order them online, it's a little bit harder to do that unless you know already the shoe that you like. What's your belief about stretching before running? I'm curious, both of you, how do you, what do you do if you do it at all? I do a quick dynamic stretching and it really shouldn't hold things for too long. I also have gotten very into mobility when I run, um, just, you know, making sure the joints and everything moves. So I kind of have a little routine that I do nothing long. You don't want to hold personally. I don't think you want to hold really, really long stretches. I do a little bit of a warm up, a little glute activation, just quick little exercises to get things fired up. But I do do a pre, you know, a little work, not a workout, like a warm up before I go out. What about you, Malka? I started doing the dynamic stretching to start. I think it's the common lunge matrix <laughs> that my friends taught me about. And then as I go out like a mile or so in, if I feel something's tight, I'll stop and try to stretch it a little bit. Interesting. I. I've always stretched for like a 30 minute. seconds. I, I just, you know, it's the fascinating thing is it, all these years of data and still nobody knows if stretching makes things better, makes things worse, or has no effect whatsoever in terms of like performance and prevention of injury. It's fascinating. We just don't really know. Uh, some people believe in it very strongly and some people believe that not doing is the right thing to do. And it's, it's really interesting. So I... You know, I found the three things that I know always sort of hurt me. And so I stretch those and make sure that they're okay before I start on that. But that's about it. You can find things that'll make you stretch for 10, 15 minutes before you go running. But sometimes you just don't have time for that. It's also, uh, you know, you have to be practical. If you have, you know, if you have an hour and you want to run for 50 minutes or whatever it is, that's it. That's what you've got. You can't do, you know, 15 minutes of warm up and 15 minutes of cool down. Eventually you're not running anymore. And so it's, you know, some of those are luxuries for like a Sunday. If you've got like, all right, I got two and a half hours, I can do whatever I want. But most of the time it doesn't, uh, it doesn't work that way for people. You have to be economical with what you're doing. And the same thing, like if you have a short amount of time, you, you, you may say, all right, today's the day I'm going to do, you know, speed workout. I'm going to do more sprinting. I'm going to do more intervals because I only have 45 minutes. Whereas if I have an hour and a half, I'll do a longer, uh, slower run, for example. Dean, how long are your classes when you do them? They're all 45. We have different type of classes. Some are like a 45 on the tread. Some are 30 minutes on the tread. Then we do some stretches. We have interval ones. There's all different types, but the actual length class is 45 minutes. Who do you recommend would go to a class versus just running outside? Or if someone is used to running outside, who might benefit or really enjoy a class and vice versa? How do you advise people with that? I think everybody, you know, the biggest thing is, oh, I have a treadmill in my basement and I can guarantee you 1000% the workout you're getting with us in the studio 
is not the same workout you're doing at home in your basement. You know, there's something to be said about camaraderie and being in a room. And we're a little bit smaller now because of COVID. We do have all these restrictions and, you know, we can't have some people in the room, but still you're with people. You're with an instructor who's motivating you with music and you're going to want to push yourself more. And you, sometimes we do speed work and hills. And, you know, I don't know about you. When I run at home in the middle of the winter on my treadmill, I'm just watching TV and going. I'm not necessarily pushing myself hard. It's a different feel. And I think you feel amazing, you know, kind of like you do outside. You feel like you're part of the group. You just went through something together. I think everybody from the experienced marathoner to the novice can gain from coming to a class. Milk, have you ever done any indoor running classes? I loathe the treadmill. <laughs> and I, I would be happy to try a class and see what it's like in a group setting. Because like I've done spin class and I like that. But I, you can get me in the best running shape of my life. And you put me on a treadmill, not even a mile in. I'll be like falling off of it. Be like, oh my God, I did 20 miles. I must be done. <laughs> No, you know, I'm the same way. The group of the ladies there, they train for the New Jersey Marathon indoors. They all train for the marathon on the treadmill. I love the classes, but I expire after about 45 minutes to an hour. I expire on the treadmill. It's just whatever it is. <laughs> I can go outside for hours, but I, I feel the same way. But it's, it's short enough to kind of get everything moving and not long enough to, to bore you. Right. I love running outdoors, but I am so used to running on a treadmill just because the way my life was at hours, if I'm running late at night or if I'm running in the winter or whatever it is, and I'm I'm very used to, I've always been running on treadmills and outdoors, both. So I'm comfortable with both of them. Uh, I've never done one of the classes. I'm sure I would love it. You know. Let's do it one day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go. That's not Michal's going now. She's She would be there right now if you weren't in California, Dina. Thanks a lot. Ah, she's great. She's really fabulous. Yeah, well, she's she's like you. She's like, go big or go home. She doesn't like, she she don't play. So if she's going to do it, she's going to do it. And she also, by the way, is a big run alone person like you. She's into solitude. At four o'clock in the morning, let's just put it out there. Yeah. Well, I've, <laughs> if we try to run together, she gets so irritated. She's like, stop running with me. <laughs> and then we get along great. You know, it's we have a wonderful relationship. We spend lots of time together, but running. She does this. She wants she wants her solitude. It's like Superman. She needs her solitude. <laughs> wow. Dina, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know you're headed to the beach or somewhere beautiful and warm in California and enjoying time and with your, yeah, yes, your well-behaved you. children who I've not heard screaming in the background <laughs> once. But uh, yeah, and listen, all through all this, I forgot to mention, you're like a mom of like 14 kids. And it's uh, you're you're just crushing it. That's awesome. Running is what gets me every day. If I don't run, they, my kids know I've trained them. If Mama doesn't run, she's not happy. So they know if I'm on the treadmill, don't enter the room. If I'm running, don't call me. It's almost like they're trained. You know, they know they know what I need to survive. So that's one thing I've done right. And you're just training, so when they get older, you can run the hell away from them. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Do any of them have your your genes? And you married an athlete, also, so your kids must be like super duper athletic. So thank God they are. My boys are great at sports. I can't say they're not. My daughter loves to run, but she won't run with me. You know, maybe it's a teenage thing. You know, she's like, I'm not running with you, but she'll run. She'll go on the treadmill. I'm like, let's work out together. No, she doesn't want any part of me, but it's okay. She can run. She moves. She's great. She's fast. But yeah, thank God my kids are athletic. I mean, it's, it's part of the passing in our house, you know? <laughs> How can our listeners find you for classes or for personal training? What's the best way if they want to you know, hunt you down and, and get you to teach them? Best way is probably through Instagram, probably through my handle. I'm Adina Mara. It's A-D-E-E-N-A-M-A-R-A. -E -E -A -A. Um, I post my classes. I do some Instagram live. I do teach at other places. Um, that's probably the best way. DM me. Happy to respond back and connect. And if anybody who's listening wants to come for a class, first class on me. So come on into the studio in 10 apply. Awesome. And then if they're looking for me or Melka, they know where we can be found. And we can, <laughs> we can give them sound, sound medical advice and running tips. 
So. <laughs> Amazing. And I'm looking forward to our triathlon sprint. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, sprints. No, no, no we're doing we're going distance. Ironman. No, we're going <laughs> the relay, no. the relay. Yeah, Not we're, a sprint. Yeah, we're going to split an Ironman for sure. For the, we all yeah. three, we could easily do an Olympic distance. But no, I think the Ironman's a great idea because I could do the swim for sure. And you could, you could pull out the bike, you'll train and you'll run tomorrow, the marathon. So it'd be good. Oh, run. Love awesome. it. All right. Listen, enjoy. Thank you for coming on, Adina. Thank Mel you so Melka, much. Thanks thank for co-hosting. All right, guys, take care. Thank you for listening to the Healthful Woman Podcast. To learn more about our podcast, please visit our website at www.healthfulwoman.com. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-F-U-L-W-O-M-A-N.com. If you have any questions about this podcast or any other topic you would like us to address, please feel free to email us at hw at healthfulwoman.com. Have a great day. The information discussed in Healthful Woman is intended for educational uses only. It does not replace medical care from your physician. Healthful Woman is meant to expand your knowledge of women's health and does not replace ongoing care from your regular physician or gynecologist. We encourage you to speak with your doctor about specific diagnoses and treatment options for an effective treatment plan.